In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Paul, I think, really is preaching to us throughout these weeks of Lent. And as we go through these weeks of Lent, as we listen to the words of St. Paul, we listen to the spiritual guidance that he gives us throughout these weeks of Lent. Last week, he talks about sin and the struggle that he has with sin. Here it is. These things that I don't want to do is what I end up doing. I'm trying to move away from the sins of the flesh and walk now towards the Spirit. But it's difficult because it goes against my very nature. Today we hear that he says that we didn't hear a spirit of slavery, not at all. But when it is that Jesus Christ comes down into earth, when it is that Jesus, when God becomes man, when he enters among us, when it is that he dies on the cross, when God himself becomes like one of his creation, he does something very special. That he doesn't give us a spirit of slavery, not at all, but he gives us a free spirit. Now it is that he gives us adoption. He calls us now sons and daughters of the Most High. He now says that we have a Father who is in heaven, And this is a fact that I think we always take for granted. St. Paul says in today's reading that you are able now to call him Abba, Father. You are able now to have a Father who is in heaven. Now that we know that we have a Father who is in heaven, now it is that we are able to go and ask Him for whatever it is that we need. That's what we're getting. That's what we're going towards. The Father who is in heaven. And everything it is now that we prepare ourselves for, especially during this Lent, is to really realize what it is that needs changing so that we it is, that we realize that we have this adopted sonship and daughtership, that we are adopted sons and daughters of God. That's what we're going towards. I am adopted by God. I am one of God's children. We live in a free spirit by that, by knowing that. The problem is, my brothers and sisters, is how often do we fall into sin? How often do we fall into what St. Paul today says, that we live now, that we are in debt to the flesh, right? We live according to the flesh, we live according to these things of the world. Whatever it is that our earthly bodies need, we give it, we, we give it whatever it needs. Whatever that sin might be, whether it's food, whether it's lust, whether it's pride, you name it, here it is, we are fallen creatures, St. Paul tells us. And if we live according to the, to the body, to the world, St. Paul says, you will die. You will die. It doesn't mince words. If you live according to the world, you will die. If it is that you live according to the world, you're not going to get far. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, then you will live when you put to death the deeds of sin. When you put to death sin, now it is that we are able to look now to God and to say, how beautiful are you? How beautiful it is that I missed out on this life to live according to the Spirit and not by my body. That's what we're trying to figure out during this Lent. That's what the struggle is, not to live according to the body, but to live according to the Spirit, whatever that sin might be. We reach now the middle week of Lent, what we call the Calvin Church, the Old Aramaic, Pelgo or Pelga, right? The half of Lent, the middle week of Lent. And that middle week of Lent, traditionally, usually, we fast from meat, and we have fasting thing, right? We fast from meat, we fast from dairy, things of that nature. But here it is now, most importantly, during that middle week of Lent, we are to evaluate how our Lent has been going so far. What have I been doing? Where do I need to die to myself a little bit more? Where is it that I'm living according to the flesh more and more? And where is it that now I can live according to the Spirit? What do I need to do to be able to really be one with Jesus, to remove distractions from my life, to be able to really walk with them through the remaining days of these Lent, these Lenten days, to really be able to unite myself with Jesus, what do I need to do? Maybe the practice 
is I need to add more prayer. I haven't been adding enough prayer. Or you know what? Maybe it is that I haven't really been been so kind of uh, I haven't been so kind of sticking fast to my my fasting. I haven't really been giving alms to the poor. I haven't been really doing much with that. There's a lot of things I could be doing instead. This is your time to take a step back, to pray, and to really ask God, what is it I'm doing wrong? Where is it I need to focus more on God? Where is it I need to focus more on my own? Our brothers and sisters, when it is we focus on Lent, God doesn't have to do any of these things. Not at all. God doesn't have to become man. God doesn't have to send His only begotten Son, Jesus. He doesn't have to send Jesus into the world for our sake. Not at all. All these things are extra things to God. But He does these things precisely because it is that He loves us. Precisely it is because it is that He loves us. And the only way to really experience God is that through this Lent, we experience a conversion. What do I mean by conversion? It's not a changing of religions. It's not, it's not what I mean. The very word conversion means to turn around. That I'm walking in one way, and now it is that I need to walk towards another way, towards Jesus. Conversion means changing your life. Conversion means that here it is now, I was walking in the sins of, of the flesh, I was walking in the sins of the world, I was too preoccupied with the world, now I'm walking towards Jesus. Come on, brothers and sisters, to convert is not easy. To convert is not a simple thing. To convert is not painless. It's painful. We see it in the very first story, the very first half of the gospel. Here are the scribes and the elders of the people. Here are the Pharisees. They go to Jesus. And the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders are the people who are, in a certain sense, they're used to religion as to how it has been for the past thousands of years. And here's this new guy on the scene named Jesus. And this new guy in the scene is now flipping everything around. He's changing everything. Now it is because I've met this person named Jesus. I need to change my life. I don't want to change my life. It's too comfortable. I already know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know what's going to happen the next day. I don't want to change my life. Change is painful. And that means I have to put now, I have to recognize Jesus as the most important thing. And now it is I have to reorganize my life. Reorganize it how I will, but I have to reorganize my life to make Jesus the prime, to make Jesus the foundation. That hurts. It's not an easy thing. None of this is easy. None of Christianity is easy. Make no mistake, my brothers and sisters. When it is that you accept Jesus Christ, he doesn't tell you you're going to walk with a pillow and whatever it is. Don't, he doesn't say, Talk, you know, pick up your pillow and follow me. Not at all. Not in the slightest. Over and over and over again, and we're going to hear it during Good Friday, over and over and over again, it's a cross. Never forget that it's a cross. And when it is that we take a cross, we are dying to ourselves a little bit more, so that Jesus lives within us. The Pharisees and the scribes, when they're asked, just a basic question, from where did the, the baptism of John come from? From heaven or from men? They can't answer the question, because either way, they're trapped. And they say, we don't know. It's a cop-out. They don't want to answer the question. They don't want to proclaim Jesus as anything more than just a mere social activist or whatever it might be. Just like a lot of people in today's world who claim to be Christians and just claim Jesus to be a social activist hippie and does whatever it might be. That's not it is that we know. Not at all. We know Jesus to be the one who it is that we convert towards. You don't just convert towards a social activist worker, wonder worker of his day, but you convert towards the very Son of God. Convert towards God. 
They don't want to accept God because they don't want to change their lives. So as we're focusing on changing our lives, now we come to the second part of the gospel. Here is a man now who has a very choice vineyard. He's got this beautiful vineyard and he's, he's looking forward to planting these grapes. He's looking forward to make, making the very best of wines, the very choicest of wines. And what does he do? He plants vineyards. He removes all the stones. It is that he digs in a wine press. He builds a watchtower. He builds walls. No expense is spared. He gives everything towards, towards his vineyard. And then after that, he goes another step. He begins to entrust everything to these tenants that he trusts everything to. He gives everything to them. Right? He leases that out to tenants and he says, when it is that my, my share is due, I'm going to come around, I'm going to pick up my crops, I'm going to pick up my money, but here it is. The best vineyard you can imagine is yours. But when it is, a time goes by, what happens? He sends messenger after messenger after messenger after messenger, and each one is killed, right? Each one is killed, each one, each one is not able, they're not able to collect the payments because it is that the householders, the tenants want it for themselves, they want to be able to steal the land, right? And as it is, as it is they begin to steal his land, now it is that the householder says, for sure now I will send my son, and they will respect my son, but they kill him too. This is the church, our brothers and sisters. The church that God gives us. The church that we are a part of. The church that as it is that we try to convert. The church that as it is that we try to go upon the right path to Jesus. Now it is, how many times does God in His infinite mercy, how many times does He forgive us? How many times does He reach out to us? How many times does He stretch out a hand to each and every one of us and say, come, come with me. I know it is that you keep falling, but here I am. Here I am in the midst of you. Here I am in front of you. And I want nothing more than to take you by the hand and lead you. Lead you to sanctification. Lead you to grace. Lead you to a better life. Lead you to what St. Paul says is that greater life of creation that we are made for. Because we're not made for sin. A lot of us don't realize that. We're not made for sin. We're not made to sit in the darkness. We're not made to sit in slavery. We are made for Jesus. We are made for greater life. We are made to be sons and daughters of God. As St. Paul tells us. We are adopted to Him. But the only way in which we realize that is if we turn around. I want us to really analyze this week of Lent. How many times does God give you the opportunity to change? How many times does He give you the opportunity to convert? To turn around your life? Don't take advantage of it. Live in the freedom of the Spirit today. Not tomorrow. Not the next day. It's never guaranteed. Today, Jesus is asking you, He's knocking, he's knocking on the doors of your heart, and He asks, Let me in, so that I might be able to truly work and show you how it is that you are a son or daughter of God. Take a step back during this Lent. Take a step back. How is it I can grow? It's not too late to add in more, more fasting. It's not too late to add in more almsgiving. It's not too late to add in more prayer. And if you need to do that, make that resolution today. I need to add this, I need to add that. Maybe it is that, that finally we've resolved to come to Mass each and every Sunday to receive the Eucharist, to work in the vineyard, whatever it is that you receive the Eucharist, and you go out into the world, you are spreading the vineyard. You are now making the choices of wines because as an example, as good Christians, as followers and disciples of Jesus, you are sent out after it is now that you have received. Beautiful. What else do I need to change? 
Do I go to places that maybe a Christian shouldn't be at or maybe ends up tempting me? Do I judge others or hold on to pride? Do I judge others and hold on to grudges? Am I able to just not forgive? Life is too short not to forgive. Do I hold on to pride? Do I think I'm better than others? Do I hold on to this arrogance? What? What is it? There's so many ways in which it is that we can change. So many things, so many specific sins. Am I, am I a slave to money? Am I a slave to lust? Am I a slave to power? Am I a slave to pride? You name it, it's there. What is it? What do we need to root out? Increase the prayer. Increase fasting. Increase almsgiving. Make sure it is that Jesus is alive and well in your heart. Make sure it is that you're turning towards Him. My brothers and sisters, Jesus today tells us that the Father gives us absolutely everything that we need. He gives us a vineyard. He gives us a place in which it is that we can work towards holiness. He gives us the church. He gives us His Holy Gospels. He gives us His Eucharist. There is nothing that is lacking. There is nothing that is missing. The only thing we need to do is cooperate, is work with That's what we're getting. That's what we're going towards. Our brothers and sisters, as it is, we've reached this middle week of Lent. Take a step back. Am I converting? Am I going towards Jesus? Or am I slipping? Right? Is there something that I'm slipping? Is there something I'm lacking? Figure it out. So that each and every day, when it is that we walk towards Jesus, we might be able to say that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way except through Him. That's what we're going towards. That's what we're finding. That is what it is that we truly need to do in order to find Jesus. is to convert, to turn around from our old ways, and to see Him as, now, as the true Son of God in our life. Amen?